This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey everybody, it's Jim Mallard here. Welcome to the Mallard Report. The Mallard Report is recorded in front of a live virtual audience on the Duck Pond. Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, live. Mallard.com. M-A-L-L-I-A-R-D.com. One more thing before we start. Let me turn it over to my friend that you may know from Ancient Aliens and the Curse of Oak Island and many other things. Robert Clotworthy. On the Malliard Report, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the hosts and guests, and not necessarily of Evergreen Podcasts, KillerPodcast.com, sponsor or affiliate, or any other individual or group. On the Malliard Report, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the show are solely those of the hosts and guests, and not necessarily of Evergreen Podcasts, KillerPodcast.com, sponsor or affiliate, or any other individual or group. That on mute? I hope it did. I think it did. Uh, make sure I gotta double check here. I'm just gonna make sure it unmuted because I am trying something new and it's a little different. So if you can't hear me right now, well, you can't hear me right now. If you heard the intro and you don't hear me, that is gonna be a problem. But tonight, I wanna make sure everybody takes a minute. Most of you have, few of you have, few of you have it. So I just wanna take a minute. Go over to uh, mallard.substack.com, subscribe. Free day, uh, free seven day subscription right now. Uh, a lot of good free stuff over there. A lot of good paid stuff over there. Um, yeah, it's only five dollars a month or thirty dollars for the year. I know it's ridiculous. Um, some people ask for eight, nine, ten dollars a month, and I'm asking thirty dollars a year. It's the home of all the past archives that I have. All of them, every last one of them that I have that are known to exist on both hard drives and both computers and everything that I have. There it is on the Substack. So go over and check that out. You're gonna be see, you're gonna be seeing some shifting around and some different things as they work through some changes around here. Uh, it really doesn't change much of anything. You're gonna get the audio podcast. You're gonna get some video. So there's all that. But tonight we're bringing back the classic. Germantown Runner's not here to introduce it, so we're gonna have to do it the old-fashioned way. Everybody ready? Everybody knows what time it is, right? It's open line night. Busy day around the world. Uh, a lot of things going on. Uh, some happening in New York and some not happening in New York. Uh, there's a lot of news you may have missed. Um, so we're going to be diving into that as well. But if you don't have the call-in number saved, because you didn't listen to me last time I told you to save it, please feel free to save it this time. 234 Seven three eight two five five two. Standards toll rate applies. If you need a uh, Skype or a Google Meet or any of that stuff, just feel free to let me know in the Duck Pond chat room, and I will do my best to accommodate you live. So there's all of that. So everybody's quacking in the chat room, which is always a good sign. Okay, so some of the news you may have missed. I wish Germantown Runner was here because I know he'd have a hot opinion about this because we're looking looking at uh, space this month and AI and kind of working all through all that stuff. So what I wanted to talk about tonight is there's a lot of space news, and I know most of you have missed it. I guarantee most of you missed it because for whatever reason it was introduced in the worst possible news cycle, and I'm not sure why. And that is part of the reason I want to bring it to your attention tonight. NASA just said they're going back to the moon. Not making this up. They said that yesterday. Whoever their public relations person is needs a, a master class in when to say something and when not to say something. Today and yesterday was not the day to say this. This is world-class exciting news, and they dumped it in the middle of the worst news cycle in the history of man. So what does that mean? Why are we going back to the moon? I mean, there's a lot going on in the world. 
It's been 50 years. I mean, why now? Why not before? Why not? I don't know. It's just a question. Just a question I have a lot about. Um, yeah. It's just a question I have a lot of things to wonder about, right? I have a page of code open right now. That's always helpful for you people out there. I don't know if anybody's tuned in to YouTube or not. If they are, I'm sorry. I can't. I don't know. I've still got some bugs aim out on that thing. So once we get there, we'll get there. Um, it'll happen tonight, obviously. Uh, looks like it's going fine over there, but I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah, so there's that. But I, I still, like, I don't understand the process. I understand the shuttle, the shuttle is going out of date, but we decided not to have a plan B for old geo-observation dropping the, the bombshell. Okay, that was not good. But he's saying that he, is, he's, he says going back, big quotes around going back, big quotes around assuming, because you know what that does? Assumes we've been there before. Now, I will, I will, I will be honest with you. This sign right here, with this awesome duck sticker on the back of it. Let me get my hands out of the way. There we go. Awesome duck sticker on the back of it. Um, has more computer technology than all of the mission control in Houston, right? Is that what I remember hearing from everybody? So... Is it possible? I mean, is it is it technologically possible that we even went to the moon, let alone physically? That's a good question. I mean, I know they were making all these sheets and pages and volumes of code and calculations by hand. And I mean, honestly, is looking back, is it? I mean, I, I've always joked on the show about um, building the ark. I wouldn't be able to do it by hand if I went to. Home Depot tonight with all the power tools they had and all the wood they had on him. Just wouldn't do it. It wouldn't float. It wouldn't be done well. I mean, I might be able to build a, a raft that might float. Might not. Depends on how I was doing. Depends on how much Google time I had. Of course, some of those stores have no internet, so I might be out of luck. So there's all that. I, I still am wondering... If, why this moment? It's a good question to ask, and I think it's going to go missed, and then people are going to look back in five years and go, well, why don't we know that? And so I want to make sure that my listeners didn't miss that. Because it's that important. That's why I'm bringing a show here tonight because I, I think there's a lot going on in the world that we aren't paying attention to, and there's other stuff that we're missing, and I, I just don't know how to address it all in a meaningful fashion. The other thing that I popped off the news today it popped off the page at me, and I'll hold on, let me switch windows here real quick so I can read this to you. Um, where'd it go? Virgin Orbit files for Chapter 11. That's Richard Branson's um, company there who was um, supposed to take us to the space, right? I think that's the same company. And um, I sit here and wonder. Here we are at this very weird paradox of time where people are still, where government is saying we're going back to the moon and private businesses who are trying to get into space tourism are going out of business. And I, I just, I know we spent the last month on UFO things, so we're right at this crossroads tonight of UFOs and science and technology that we're working on. And that's why tonight's show is very interesting to me because as we look at this stuff, right... I can't help but wonder what is going on. 
There's all these economic factors going on in the world. There's all these political factors. But let's stay towards the scientific and the science and the technology and the space. Man, that's where it's at. Uh, there's a lot going on that is good for humanity today. Or is it? And there and there's 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 a, a very hot take from Sarah the Wood Duck, which is very true, which has causes a lot of controversy when people say it. Which um, at times I, I I waffle on. I I can see the value and I can see the, the this point too. So we're gonna let that digest for a second before I read it because there's value in being on the duck pond. So we're gonna let the, the chatters engage with that comment for a minute before I read it to you. We're live Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. If you're listening via podcast, I'll answer Sarah's question and kind of answers, it kind of makes her point. Where does NASA get their funding from? Of course, they get their funding from the federal government, the U.S. government. Uh, ooh, geo observation uh, makes another good point here. And I won't read it verbatim, but it is a good point about how easy some of this stuff is to do and how much some people charge to do it. Actually, I heard a tech talk about that the other day, and um, this is shrilling off the topic, but the person was charging $75 per picture to remove the background from said pictures. $75 per picture. I paid a guy on Fiverr six dollars and fifty cents to do that for ten pictures uh, I'm gonna have to google that one that's a good question oh, I can't even type well oh, that's not a good search to have in your NSA that's not helpful they're already looking for me this is according to Google here the the NASA budget was increased by 3% for the fiscal year 2020, up to $24 billion. Now, for the fiscal year 23, the budget is up to almost $26 billion. Spending on space is up. Of course, you know, they're by comparison, um, going to cause some trouble here. So, here we go. The display. Defense Department spending is um, right around the three hundred and forty billion dollars. Just for uh, people out there who are interested in knowing the comparison there. So, okay, so Sarah, I'm going to pick on you. You're the one causing me a lot of a lot of pain tonight. A lot of pain points. Could the government actually administer the help to the people? Because, <laughs> I hate to say this, but a lot of good things get lost in red tape or stigma or, well, I mean, you look at what happened to Brett Favre and his alleged activities. I mean, that money was supposed to good, go to good things and it went to a girl's uh, volleyball court. So we have that, too. So, I mean, is the government the place that should be trying to oversee? Yeah, I 1 billion percent agree with that. Uh, but we can't, right? Because there's no way anybody would let all that red tape go. There's just no way. It's just not happening. And that's jobs for thousands and thousands of people <laughs> unfortunately or fortunately I don't know that's what I'm saying like I just don't see in how that all works I mean obviously right well I, I, I'll give you one more Sarah like I said I'm picking in you hard tonight so that's all good it's all fair and love and war why are they giving me that bite streaming okay I don't know. That's weird tonight. It's what it is. Okay. In this 
The streaming clock stopped. Are we kidding me? Oh, there it is. Okay. Oh, there it is. Okay, sorry. All you should get is a voicemail. Hold on, let's see. Maybe I have it set up to go to voicemail. Let me look at that. Okay, so what was I saying? Sorry. Totally lost my train of thought there. Uh, all he gets is a voicemail. Oh, because I'm not paying attention, I bet you. I bet you that's what's going on here. Got the chat room open big tonight so I can see it. I bet you. Let's just call this number back. How's that sound? Sounds like a good time. We'll just start calling random people. I used to do that on a different show, but that's a whole other problem. Hello? Hello. Uh, I, well, I heard myself in the background, so I know I called somebody listening to the show. <laughs> Hello? Hello. Uh, mute your uh, speakers on your computer. <laughs> Hello? get you there It's stuck in an infinite loop, which is weird. Okay, try one more time. I think we got this figured I don't know if we got this figured out or not. I'll be perfectly honest. <laughs> Your uh, call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. Are we there now? See, I'm still hearing myself in the background. I don't know if that's on your end or my end. That's, it can't be good. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. Why? Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? That's wild. I don't know if that's on my end or his end or which end it is right now. <laughs> oh boy let's leave a voicemail I might have to I don't know it's weird it's really funky I don't know if it's like because I've been messing with stuff so I'm not sure if I've got the loops right oh boy this is going to be fun isn't it it's always something around here folks I can promise you that what was that other news story i seen a headline for oh there it is I haven't read the story yet, so we're just going to read it. Oh, we're going to answer this and see if this works now. How are you doing tonight? Can you hear me? <laughs> you're not hearing anything. You're not hearing me. Is that what you're saying? Can you hear me at all, Geo? Through the phone, not through the computer. Jim? Yeah. Can you hear me through the phone, not through the computer? I can't hear a thing. Okay, hold on a minute. Let me try something. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, let me... Oh, here we go. Let's see if this works now. Okay. I love Windows updates. Hello. Are you there? 
I'm here. Did you hear me now? I I can hear you through the phone. Yeah, I don't hear you through the computer. Well, that's good. Because <laughs> we don't want you hearing me on the delay. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. <clears throat> Excuse me. How are you doing, John? Oh, I'm just I'm I'm looking deep into the news and trying to find out what we're missing because of all this mess. Uh, well, I mean, we're always missing something. I mean, there's so much news. <clears throat> the cycle gets eaten up by by certain big stories. But you're right to <clears throat> talk about the space stuff. I think that's a, you know very very interesting developments for the future. I think going back to the moon is a is a very is a very positive thing. Uh, exploration for the sake of exploration, uh, I think, is a is a great idea. And you're, I'm going to assume that you're thinking this leads us to going to Mars or points beyond. Well, I you know, whatever it, it ends up being, I think that's the that's that's one of the nice things about exploration is that uh, you don't know exactly where it's going to end up. Um, it's just going to to add to our knowledge. And, you know, I'm, I'm old enough to have lived through the original space program. And I remember the, the national excitement over every launch. And I remember watching, you know, the, the first landing on TV in 1969. Um, so, and I remember the, that it was the, the, uh, the drive to put the program together that created a lot of uh, of offshoots, uh, you know, everything from Velcro to Tang and, and a bunch of other stuff uh, that that came out of that program. So, the, I, I think that exploration is a is a good thing. So help I me. mean, you know, well, as I say, help me out here though, because there, there was such a wave of excitement for the build up and then the landing. Why did it fizzle out and not go anywhere? Um, well, I think it's, you know, uh, the excitement was to do something the first time. Doing something the second time is never as exciting as doing it the first time. Um, and, uh, and by the time you do it the fifth or sixth time, um, without there being any real added significance to what you're doing, uh, then the public's attention... Uh, even back in those days where you didn't have the competition of as much uh, media and social media, et cetera, that you have today. But even back in those days, after the fifth or sixth time up, uh, it's like, okay, who cares? I mean, we, you know, I'm not going to, I mean, I mean, you know, uh, why uh, make a point of following minute by minute uh, the fifth uh, moon landing uh, when they're not going to do anything that you haven't already seen before? Um and and that's how and that's how it was. I mean, the only thing that the later landings really added was the rover, uh, and that was kind of neat. Had a little dune buggy on the moon, but uh, but it wasn't, you know. I mean, the like I said, I mean the 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 the, the excitement was going from zero to the first landing, uh, and that was an incredibly exciting time uh, through the Mercury and especially the Gemini project because you had the first uh, the first space walk. And you also had uh, the longer missions, and then the, uh, and then of course the Apollo uh, uh, going to the going to the moon. I, it's, uh, and I'd like to, to to recapture some of that excitement because you've got, you know, I may remember it, but you know that's only because I'm older than most everybody else. <laughs> uh, most people, of course, are, are not going to have any memory of it. And I think that there's some, um, I think there'll be some excitement that goes along with. Uh, with that, in addition to the fact that uh, the engineering and the science that it takes to pull it off um, uh, will will come up with <clears throat> excuse me uh, will come up with some some other inventions that have other applications. Um, I think it'll be interesting for NASA to learn how to do it again. I think that that uh, this you know the science of a shot that goes to the moon, however many times they've sent the, the shuttle up and brought it back, uh, that's nothing compared to to going to the moon, and so I, I think it'll be fun watching NASA, uh, re, you know, re, have to reinvent this and have to relearn. I suspect uh, some of the science and the engineering. 
uh, cat, it's it's me, uh, Geo. Uh, is 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 who's on the is who's on the phone? Uh, we finally finally made and, it, cat. Uh, by the way, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, when someone says who's the caller, that's either really good news or really bad. News. It's really good news most um, of the time because if they didn't like you, it would be like ditch the caller. So. so uh i so i i I think it's a i think it's a good thing and whether it ends up uh being the first chapter of the story of more permanent uh infrastructure on the moon or whether it becomes the first chapter of a mission elsewhere or both i think that's I, i think that's very exciting uh, you know, the, it's again, exploration for the sake of exploration. Um, that's, that's been a great human thing. I mean, you go back, uh, you know, you go back to the, to the 15th century, the 16th century, and, and you look at what happened just because people were exploring for the sake of exploring and what's, and, and what's over the horizon. And, um, uh, uh, and Columbus sailing west and ending up in a place that that couldn't have been farther from where he was going or thought he was going, and yet look at what happened uh, because of that exploration. So I, I think it's I, I think it's exciting, um, and um, uh, and you know I, I joke about the you know did we do it the first time or not, but that's just all tongue in cheek. I, I remember watching it on TV, and I remember living through that era, and, and I don't have any doubts that we actually did uh, go up there. And I think it's one of the great uh, engineering and scientific uh, accomplishments of mankind to have put that together uh, in the time frame that satisfied President Kennedy's uh, commitment to do it before the end of the decade. Which was um, which was a bold yeah, commitment, by the way. Let's never downplay how bold that was. It absolutely was, and and uh, and and that was one of the things about President Kennedy and uh, and his speechwriters, uh, who always were able to phrase things so beautifully, uh, is that uh, Kennedy was completely unafraid of of saying. Look, we're you know we can do great things. This is a great place, and we can do great things if we decide that we're going to do it. And and you know he put that challenge out there uh, in broader terms in his inaugural address, and then uh, and then with the space program, um, and and he I'm not going to pretend that he, either he personally or his administration were perfect, but he did he embodied I think that that optimism and that belief in the ability of the United States to accomplish whatever it, it set its mind to accomplish uh, that that characterized the the second half of the 20th century for the US um, and uh, and I, I and I would love to see that recaptured uh, because again having lived through it it was an exciting time and if I, I doubt that we'll ever recapture the excitement of the first landing, but if we can, uh, if we can create some excitement and get some people, you know, get young people to be interested in engineering and in science uh, because they're captivated by the exploration, uh, who knows how many uh, careers in engineering and science were launched uh, because kids in the 60s. Uh, followed the space program uh, very, very closely. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I'd like to see it. And, and, and if we don't know exactly what the last chapter of the book is going to say, I, that's, who cares? Uh, let's, just, let's just start writing the book and we'll see where it goes. And, you know, uh, and Bill mentioned uh, that, uh, that part of our motivation might be because the, the Chinese have shown some interest, and there may be part of that. Um, you know, and you go back, you know, let's go back to the 15th and 16th centuries. I mean, the, you know, Spanish exploration was competing with the Portuguese and the English were competing with the Spanish and the French were competing with the English. Uh, and that was uh, a significant driver of that age of exploration. And, um, and of the Chinese, who I don't believe technologically can, can match what we can do. Uh, if the Chinese, uh, 
can, uh, you know, if, if their interest in it spurs us to uh, to go after it, then fine. I think that's a, you know, I, I, I think that's a fine reason. Um, sorry to see Branson's um, operation going to Chapter 11, but they recently, if I if I remember correctly, they recently had a launch go bad. And I think that was a, a big problem for them. Um, but, um, you know, it's, you know, you can, Bezos has his uh, company and and Musk has his company, and Branson has his, but um, those are overtly commercial ventures. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I'd like to see, uh, I'd like to see the government, uh, you know, decide that on, on behalf of the United States that the United States is committed to uh, further exploration uh, in space. I think it's a, I think it's a positive thing. Um, and uh, especially if we go over to the to the dark side of the moon, uh, because that's where all the all the alien bases are, uh, depending on on who you listen to, and uh, and getting some getting some live shots of uh, of those alien bases on the dark side of the moon, I think would be very positive. I think Pink Floyd record sales would spike too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. I mean. It's, I mean, the uh, the commercial tie-ins are are enormous, um, but yeah, it's uh, I I wouldn't mind seeing it at all, and um, um, and again, I I can understand a younger person who didn't who doesn't have the memory that that you know, some of us old timers have of the original space program uh, is is completely not going to understand uh, what that's all about. Um, and uh, but I said, but but uh, hopefully there can be some excitement, and um, and if there is, I think it, I, I think it's positive, and um, um, and and of course, uh, as Kat pointed out, one of the people on this mission is going to be Canadian. I think that's a a wonderful generosity for us to acknowledge that Canada exists every now and then, and this is one of those times. Well, we need um, we just needed some maple syrup so. to go to space. That's all. <laughs> um, I, I don't want to call you directly out for this, but I got a question for you, and I, I know sure. vaguely what you do day to day, so I'm not putting you on the spot, but I am. Uh, AI is everywhere, as as you've professed to being the old timer. How how do you think about uh, the AI and doing all these uh, writings and voiceovers and you know art and all this other stuff? How do you feel that all ends well, up? I, I I don't know how it's going to all end up. I think that, I mean, it's it's typical of what technology has done. I mean, technology has over the last uh, few decades has has dramatically uh, changed a lot of things and has replaced a lot of things that used to be non technological. Um, I mean, I can I can do more in half an hour on Excel on my laptop than 30 years ago I could do in a month uh, with a pencil and a bunch of, of paper. Um, and, and so AI is, is just the next chapter in that. Uh, there, there are going to be things that it can replace and things that it can't replace and things that it replaces but doesn't replace as well. Um, but I am I'm a, a huge believer in the fact that uh, that we're a long ways away, and we may never get to this po- this point where uh, technology can replace what human beings are capable of. Human beings are incredible and wonderful, and 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 capable of original thought and inconsistencies, and and making mistakes that turn into amazing discoveries. Uh, penicillin being maybe the best example of that. Uh, and uh, can AI do that? Can AI, uh, you know, not properly clean a petri dish and result in uh, in antibiotics being invented? Well, I kind of doubt it. Um, so I think AI is going to have its limits. Um, I think the people that are saying it's going to run the world, eh, who knows? I mean, I'm an old man, so there's a part of me that says, well, who cares if it's going to run the world? Because it's going to be after I'm dead, and I, so it's not going to bother me any. And part, um, and part of me, being a middle-aged person, says, well, they can't mess it up as much as the people running that now, so 
Yeah, I no, no human beings and human ingenuity and uh, and the the wonderful inconsistency of human beings. Uh, I I I I don't I don't know that you can program that because uh, you know it isn't it isn't about you know can you know can you can you make your computer analyze twelve million chess moves every second. Uh, you know, well, who cares? I mean, because that's not that's not how the world works. That's how chess works, certainly, but that's not how the real world works. That's not how human interaction works. Um, and they'll try to duplicate it. I think they'll. I, I think it'll. It won't go well. And in fact, uh, every now and then on Twitter, you see where people have have found ways of gaming an AI to get an AI program just to say horrifically bad things. <laughs> Um, and and that's because you know you can't program the AI to really understand the power of words, and you can't get AI to understand your audience. I mean, what's you know what is the you know what's the classic public speaking uh, uh, advice? You got to read the room. Well, the AI is never going to be able to read the room, and. Um, uh, so is it, you know, uh, it's, it's an advancement and like any other advancement, I, I, I don't think it's entirely good or entirely bad. Um, I think like every other technological advancement, there are some people who underestimate what it can accomplish, but there are a lot more people who overestimate what it can accomplish. There are, good, there are more people who think that, that AI is going to accomplish A, B, and C, and AI is not going to come close to accomplishing A, B, and C. At least I don't believe that they will. Um, so, uh, uh, so we'll see. I mean, the, you know, um, can AI replace me, for example? Of course not. Um, number one, AI is never going to be able to duplicate my, my devastating blue eyes. Uh, and 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 that by itself means that that I win over AI eleven times out of ten. Um, is AI going to be able to replace the fact that I've spent thirty five years in one industry uh, learning and and seeing everything there is to see in that industry? Uh, can AI duplicate that? No, there is no way. Um, AI can duplicate maybe. Uh, best a third of that. Um, you know, uh, can AI read people the way I read people, and uh, and be able to to communicate the way that I communicate with people? Of course not. Um, and I, I don't blame people who make money off of AI to say AI is great. I mean, that's their job. Um, and uh, and more power to them. I mean, everyone's got to make a living. But I don't think you know. Uh, I don't think AI is going to uh, to you know to run the world. I don't think it's going to replace most of us. I don't think uh, the same way. I don't think crypto is is going to replace the dollar. And people have been preaching that, and we're going to continue to preach that. But of uh, uh, and the day may come, decades from now, uh, when crypto is 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 more accepted. But um, crypto is never going to, uh, in my opinion, is, is never going to replace. Uh, it's going to replace the dollar. Um, so, so I'm, you know, and and admittedly, I'm of an age where you can listen to me talk about technology and think, you know, this is a grumpy old man talking. Uh, and and to a point, sure. I mean, I I do grumpy old man like a champion. Uh, but um, but I still don't believe that uh, that technology, as wonderful as it is, and it is wonderful, uh, and it's improved all of our lives uh, and uh, and businesses. Uh, it's allowed us to to spend Tuesdays on the duck pond, uh, and and that's perhaps the greatest thing technology has done. Um, but uh, is it going to replace us? Am I, you know, am I in fear of being made obsolete by AI? No, not at all. Uh, in fact, I'd, I'd like to see AI give it a try. It would be wonderfully entertaining. <laughs> uh, 
So, well, speaking of wonderfully entertaining, I see I see your is that a hat mug? What is that today? Oh, that's a hat. I a couple weeks ago I ran out of mugs and so I switched to hats. And so this week's hat is that uh, is uh, from 2010 uh, Pittsburgh Pirates spring training in Bradenton, Florida, which is uh, uh, outside of Tampa, uh, and. Um, uh, they have a the pirates have a nice little ballpark there. I was let's see, I was in Bradenton in 2010, and then in 19, I think 99. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so from now on until I run out of hats, uh, I will be I will be using hats every week uh, for um, uh, for my picture, and uh, and because I go to spring training a lot. Uh, you'll notice that a lot of the hats have to do with uh, spring training, and mostly in Florida because Florida is, uh, of the two places that have spring training, Florida and Arizona, Florida has a lot more personality. I, I much prefer spending time in Florida than I do uh, spending time in Arizona. Well, there you go. And it's easier to find a Waffle House in Florida than in Arizona, which it, that's important when I travel. That's, uh, that's key when you're traveling. You've got to have somewhere you can get something. Yep. Absolutely, and 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 you know about me and breakfast. You guys got to have a good place. Say, the, for those who are trying to figure out where the <laughs> breakfast question came from, here's the, the 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 questionnaire. But you know, it's 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 interesting because that started out as just a joke, of course. Uh, but it's interesting the answers you've gotten uh, from that one. Yeah, I've kind of enjoyed. Uh, I know I know it started out as a joke, but now it's kind of become a staple, and I do enjoy the wide range of answers we've gotten from it. I don't think yeah, we've, I don't and, think we've gotten the same answer twice yet. Uh, no, I don't think we have. And what's interesting is that as as basic a question as it seems to be, yet everybody seems really surprised when you ask it. Yeah. You know, you can you can hear it in their voice that they've they've never thought about what their favorite breakfast is. I know, I know, I had it until you threw it up there. And now I'm this breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it all. Well, I know I, I know that that William in the uh, in the chat room said he wants to call in, and so I'm sure he has something good to say. Uh, I'm sure he does too, so I will sign off. Thank you for calling in. Thank you for being on the pond oh, most every week. My pleasure, Jim. It's a, it's a hoot, and I I I, I love being there. And uh, I think the pond is a great community, and I I I consider myself lucky to have stumbled across it. Uh, so. Uh, so I'll let somebody else take over. And, Jim, thanks a lot, and I'll talk to you later. Sounds good. Have a good evening. You too. Bye. And there he is, Geo Observation, the uh, breakfast king of the show. So, yeah, he said somebody He said he called out William Poland by name. So he's suspecting him to call in. So, yeah, anyways, so... I posted a number. If he doesn't have it, can uh, yeah. You're always invited, David. You're you're here tonight, actually. Um, actually, I, I do want to talk to you about some of the stuff going on. Um, yeah. I, so here we go. We're going to talk to William Poland. See, I got his number saved in my phone. William Hello. Poland, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? So. I'm sure you've heard we're kindly talking about going back to the moon is where we started this whole call-in program. So I'm sure you have an interesting two cents, or you want to talk about the the dark side of the moon. Uh, no, I was just going to – the previous caller, I could not agree more strongly. I agree with all his points. Um, the new effort to go to the moon, I think it's a uh, – I really enjoy the opportunity to see it happen because I think – uh, the last time we were at the, at the moon was December of 1972. That's a long time ago. And it's really been a lost opportunity. We should have continued on to the moon, possibly Mars, continue on to explore the rest of the solar system. We dropped the ball. We stopped. There was no, from my, the way I read history, it seemed like there was no political adversary. We defeated the USSR in the space race. Once we landed on the moon, there was nothing more to attain, nothing more to no other way to defeat them, really, other than a nuclear exchange, and there's no way to there. So, but now with China, a dictatorship, uh, having plans to go to moon, the moon and Mars, then I think we could view that as 
um, scientific competition. So maybe that's the motivating factor. I don't know. Well, I'm sure it is the motivating factor, right? I mean, there's yeah. no question. That's what it is. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Um, although, ironically, of the of the gentlemen, the few gentlemen that landed on the moon, only one was a scientist. The rest were military personnel. Uh, there was only one scientist that landed on the moon. So it was, it was not an effort to conduct science on the moon, really. Although there was science done there. But it was really a political exercise to defeat our adversary. And nowadays, with China having those plans, it may motivate us to go to the moon again, establish a base, go on to Mars. And that, to me, that's always a positive thing because we're spending taxpayer dollars uh, productively, constructively, instead of just building more weapons to blow each other up. So I think it's a good thing. So Okay, so I have to ask you, because you're the UFO guy of sorts around here on the pond. What? Crazy. Uh, I know, sort of. <laughs> I won't give you too much credit. Um, but, are we right about the dark side of the moon? Besides the Pink Floyd stuff. Uh, I have seen nothing to make me feel there's anything there. I think the moon is uninhabited. I think it may have been visited, visited at some point, maybe in the, in the past, by travelers going through space, but the idea that there's bases on the moon or towers of glass or whatever, I've, I've seen nothing to, other than extremely, extremely fuzzy photographs, beyond that, I've seen no evidence that could that would support that idea at this point. I hope I'm wrong, but I just don't see it. So the question is, how many moon rocks are they bringing back, and can I get my hands on one? <laughs> That's, you know, it, uh, I, I hope they really, I guess I'm running, I'll go running around your question, but I hope they really conduct some science this time, you know, to really take a look at how the moon, how the moon formed. Is it is it a captured planetoid, or was it part of the Earth blown out by an impact or whatever? Uh, we need to find those things out. We need to explore more than just the side that faces us. Explore the dark side. Explore more than just the few landing sites we uh, we uh, we've already landed at. So, uh, to really do some in depth science as to how the moon was formed, and that knowledge will help us in the effort to land on Mars. And that's. Uh, it's it's uh, science at work, but it's a it's a step by step process. You know, in the the first the first lunar missions in the Apollo missions, the ones before they landed, it was all the, it was always a step by step process. First they were in Earth orbit, then they went to the moon, but they didn't land. Then they finally landed. It was always a step step forward, step forward until they finally attained a landing. Same thing going on here. We had our first unmanned orbital mission, and it went to the moon and came back. Now we're a manned mission. Orbit the moon, right? I don't know, but go around the moon. I guess the next one will be a landing. So it's it's all that process of a slow, methodical approach to getting where you want to go, and it's all fascinating to me. But the previous car is right. The, the initial landing will be very exciting. Every landing after that becomes more and more mundane, not as exciting. That's I guess that's that's human nature. So. Well, side note, I've been trying to get Buzz Aldrin, Aldrin on the program for years, and he's not coming on. Um, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is not, not happening, but uh, the other thing I would ask you, I would ask you about all this AI stuff, because now I'm going to spin it to you in a different direction, because I know what you do. Well, this isn't related to your day job, but I know this is a big passion project for you. Uh because I could set myself up a um, AI bot to write UFO encounters and stories, right? Sure. And flood the yeah. market with them. Does yeah. that make it more difficult? Will this make it more difficult for you as a, a quantifier researcher who wants to know the truth? If the market gets crowded with fake, is it going to be difficult? Obviously, I know yeah. the answer to that. But I want to. Hear, okay, go ahead. I'm going to let you. I'm going to shut up for a second. And let you talk about what I'm talking about. Uh, in a word, yes, because uh, the same situation happened in the 70s and 80s. You went from Polaroid cameras and one-tenth film to a transition to digital photography and a higher level of technology: computers, laptops, CGI, that sort of thing. And what's happened is that as time has gone, it's become more and more easy to fake UFO videos. More and more easy to fake UFO photographs. 
And so I think AI may end up doing the same thing. It, it may make it easier to flood the, I guess we can call it the UFO market, the, the, the UFO community with stories, testimonials that are just simply computer generated. They're not grounded in reality. And, uh, it makes it harder to discern reality from, um, stuff that's been created through AI. So from a research standpoint, it's going to make it much more difficult to find, uh, find the needle in the haystack. So, uh, but that's, that's, that's modern technology for you. That's the way it's been going for a while now. Always a problem to have yeah. um, too much. Cause I, I, well, Gia was sitting here talking. I was thinking about the analogy. What is AI going to look like? And I think it's going to look like the screw, right? Because you can put a screw in. It works very well if you use a screwdriver. Right now, I'm thinking people are using hammers with it, and they're driving. I mean, you, you can use a hammer and a screw. First-hand sure. experience, you can. Does yep. it work as well? No. Does it hold no. as well? No. But you can get a result that kind of fits your needs out of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, if it's, uh, it's a double-edged sword. Advanced technology does allow you to research things and explore possibilities more thoroughly, because technology can't help us in that in that endeavor. But it does make it easier to fake things, to make things that are hoaxed and not true. And the quality of that stuff is so high that it's hard to discern. The average person sees a photograph that's really unexplained, and they look at a photograph of something that's been created by a CGI. The difference is very hard to discern. So uh, people can be easily misled by misinformation, by false content, and uh, it's kind of the world we're entering now. So uh, the dogged researcher is going to spend more and more time uh, trying to cast aside the untrue to find the valid, and that's uh, that's going to be more of a, more more of a problem as time goes on. Yeah, because I'm sure you've heard me say this, and I'm sure you agree with this that uh, you create that story and you write the book and you go out in this park and you can tell it for years, and uh, now you don't even have to come up with your own story you could just plug in ufo sighting um whatever right and then you have it yep and you just Absolutely. read the script and, <laughs> right yeah there are there are several authors of note in the ufo field that have written stories about cases that are untrue that have been shown to be hoaxes on multiple occasions over over several decades and yet the story never goes away and so if you repeat it often enough people believe it and with the, with the avenue of the internet, the era we're in with social media, it's easy to spread false claims all over the world. And you say it enough times, it becomes truth and it's not. And that, that is a, that is a, regardless of what field you're in, whether it's geology, ufology, uh, astrophysics, whatever it is, you're looking for valid information. You're looking for correct, valid content. You're not looking for false news. And if we're getting more and more of this fake news, fake content out in the public arena, then it becomes harder to tell what's true or not. And that, that, I mean, it's we all like we all want to know the truth about what's going on, whether whatever our interest is. But if we're inundated with falsehood, then where are we at? So I guess the question becomes now. This is another point Gio brought up about the commercial space travel flights versus government flights. Do you prefer one over the other? Or is it, I mean, obviously there's room for both because, yeah, I mean that's got to be a hell of a job for an air traffic controller. But that okay, anyways, I digress. Sorry, <laughs> my mind just really, uh, really jumped the rails there. <laughs> uh, I, I like both. Uh, I, I'm a firm believer that uh, the government is not, uh, let's say, overly trustworthy. They're not really good at spending taxpayer dollars in a productive way. There's a lot of waste there. Uh, so having having the private industry involved in the exploration of space, I think, is a good thing. Um, there's more avenues for exploration. There's more efforts going on instead of just instead of just NASA and the ESA and China. Now there's multiple exploratory groups at the same thing, and that you know that's, I think that's a good thing. Um, and but as far as how productive it'll be. I don't know. You know, public industry just started this. Uh, I mean, private industry has just started this. You know, maybe two decades, a decade maybe, not that long. So, time time will tell how this works out. But 
I like having both myself, so. Because you want to go. <laughs> yeah, you want to go. You want to go somewhere. We're just, we've been going in Earth orbit since, uh, since 72. We haven't gone anywhere. We're just going around the planet. We've sent unmanned probes to Mars and Jupiter and Saturn and the outer planets, but we ourselves as humans have not gone anywhere since we last went to the moon. We've been going around in a circle. We need to go somewhere. Go to the moon, go to Mars, go to the asteroid belt, what have you, but go somewhere. Don't, don't just go around in circles. That's, that's not accomplishing anything. That's NASCAR racing. That accomplishes a lot. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, well, you know, it, it does to a point, <laughs> but you know, you're, you're trying to gather information about long-term exposure in space. And that's, 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 that, that, you need, that's, that's essential. That's true. You need that. But at some point, you need to apply that information in the course of a trip to Mars or the moon. And we haven't done that. So we need to leave orbit and go somewhere. So I've got one more thing for you. Look at the clock. We have time for this. So that's good. Outrageous. Okay. So we have time for this. Okay. So the other day, I was scrolling at videos on Instagram, right? Like I do, like a mindless idiot. And this one video popped up saying, we're not, you know, the flag on the moon, right? It's a hot topic about all this stuff. The question yeah. is, and this was a, now listen to this, this was a fabric expert telling me that the colors on the moon flag would not be faded because there's no oxygen in the atmosphere up there. I went, huh. So I started looking up and it seems to be, I mean, obviously she's the expert, but right. Yeah. I looked it up and it seems to be accurate what she was saying. Of course, I never even crossed my mind. So if we go back, we should be able to find the flag and show it was sure. there. Yeah. Which it blows my mind. Because I thought, you know, it would have been space dust a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, the lunar atmosphere is extremely thin. And that shell in short is very, very thin. Almost non-existent. There's hardly any oxygen on the moon at all. Uh, there's more oxygen on Mars. Um, I, I won't claim to be an expert. I, I don't know if the colors were paid or not. Well, that's what uh, I was saying. They, I was just dumbfounded. Like yeah. I said, I was just mindlessly scrolling. It popped oh. up in my in my feed, and I sat there and watched it probably four times. Because I'm like, yeah, really? Hmm. Hmm. And I started. Yeah, I started what will be notes. interesting is if we land on the moon and we go up to the old sites, we find you know the old left behind lunar landers and the flags and the apparatus we left behind, and it proves we went to the moon. The people that don't people that don't believe we went to the moon will still not believe. It. No, no. No matter what evidence you've written. Yeah, say, that won't change anything. Oh, yeah, you went back to the same yeah. set. Good job. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Insane. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, that's interesting. I, I never thought of that. Yeah, I, you know, would, would exposure to the elements, outer space, uh, affect the colors of the flag? I, I never thought about that. No. Right. I don't know. Well, there you go. That's why I bring it to you, Blue. Outrageous. Well, hey, I appreciate you and your, um, your willingness to share some information with me tonight, so... Oh, it feels your mutual, my friend. You have a oh, good night. Thanks, Jim. Yep, you too. Oh, what's up? I was okay. going to say, uh, UFO, what is it, UFO historian, William Pullen, UFO historian on Facebook. I seen you and Kat talking about that earlier, so I'll make sure I got that out for you. Yeah, it's under William G. Pullen. Yeah. Uh, G. See, I knew I was missing something in my attempt to squeeze <laughs> yeah. it in real yeah, quick before it. I got you out of here. <laughs> Outra again, outrageous. Well, <laughs> Thanks, Jim. You're welcome. Okay, right. take care. Bye. So there we go. So there's that. I just find it all interesting what we're doing here tonight. A lot of good things going on in the world. Uh, so keep that in mind, folks. I mean, it's so easy to get lost in the the uh, news cycle. So I hope tonight brought a little bit of peace of mind to everybody that uh, we're looking forward in a bright, sunny, sunshine way. David Perodin, you don't have time to call in tonight, but you'll be back on in the month of April if you're available. And I want to talk to you about this AI thing, too, about the educational aspects of AI. We're doing AI and science in April, and you're going to be up, and you're going to be talking about education and science and this AI plus your books and all that other stuff. But we're going to make sure we get that one discussed because that is what I need you to talk about. And I seen somebody saying about um, school safety the other day and about how I ain't going to hype that. So we're going to talk about that because I know you're the go-to source and all that so be prepared to talk about ai we'll book that here directly 
after this outro music. But first, I gotta remind everybody: if you've made it this far in the program and you have not already subscribed to whatever podcast app you're on, or if you haven't left a review, you need to do that because it's very important right now as we're trying to uh, jumpstart the program again. And uh, yeah, so there's all that. And I want to thank everybody for participating from Sarah to Gio to William and Kat and David Perodin and Everett and I feel like I missed somebody but that's life I'm sorry um, talk to y'all soon probably next week but you never know it's the Mallard Report yeah the Mallard Report hey I want to thank you for joining us it's been a good show tonight I hope you enjoyed it take a few moments subscribe share all the fun stuff, you know how to do it. I don't have to tell you. Just uh, be ready for next week. It'll be sooner than you think. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily.